Good morning, church. I am Heather Zanaco, and I am actually re-recording this message that we had from our new series we started this past Sunday, December 3rd, um, because our recording didn't get recorded, which is such a bummer, and so this may not be a live recording, but it's still the Word of God, and we're believing that He's still speaking to us through this, and we really want to take this Word to heart, and so we're going to jump in this morning even though it's not live. So stay with me. Y'all are awesome. It is now December. We are in our new space. Praise Jesus. It's amazing. And we're also now in the greatest time of the year, which is Christmas. I am personally obsessed with all things Christmas. My birthday is November 3rd, so I give myself full permission once my birthday comes to start listening to Christmas music. And I used to sip school not, you know, grade school, but my mom wouldn't let me, but, um, in college and I would wear my pajamas that were Christmas themed and I would watch Christmas movies, all the cheesy Hallmark ones. And from my birthday on, I am now engaged in the Christmas season and I love it. And I have imparted this love of Christmas to my three and a half year old which makes me so proud. We were recently at Costco and, you know, they have all the Christmas decorations up and she turned to me completely unsolicited and said, mommy, I can't wait to decorate our tree for Christmas. And her voice got higher and a little squeal and her scrunched up nose face. And it was the most adorable thing that I have ever seen and I just was so proud I was like that's my girl raising her right we love Christmas and Andrew is looking at me kind of like I don't really understand what you're doing to our child like are you brainwashing her because it's not quite on the the Christmas train but it's okay it's okay and obviously we can't celebrate the Christmas season without doing a series on the Christmas story course. And as we get started this morning and we kick off this Advent season, I want us to jump right in and read together the beginning of the Christmas story. We're going to read it in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Well, um, it's kind of long, but if you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in reading this. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father Jacob, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? 
And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow, that that is quite a story. And I want you, if you're listening, to get some notes out because I know that the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak something this morning to you wherever you are in your life because I think he wants you to remember something. I want you to write down the title of this series that we that we started at the top of your notes, I'm pregnant. And yes, that's really the title. This is not a birth announcement that Andrew and I are making. So I want you to write, I'm pregnant. God births the impossible. And these two little words put together evoke a range of emotion. For some of us, they're long-desired words or fearful words or maybe exciting words. But no matter what emotion we have when we hear them, I think it's safe to say that they change everything, don't they? And I remember when we found out that we were pregnant, when I was pregnant for the first time with Rose, We had been married a year, and we were absolutely not expecting it. It was a total surprise. Um, We were actually trying not to, so it was very surprising. And I remember taking multiple tests to confirm, is this really happening to us? And we were going to be moving cities that weekend. I took the test on Sunday, and that Saturday we were planning on moving to a new city. And I was just a little bit in disbelief that we were going to be entering this new season of life of having a baby away from all of our friends and further away from our family to a city where we didn't know anyone. And I'll be honest, I don't love that I cried when I found out, but I did. I cried. I cried because I wasn't ready. I didn't, at least I didn't feel ready. And I was really scared and I didn't know what to expect out of anything that was coming out of pregnancy, birth, oh my gosh, parenthood, any of it. And I think that I did have that revelation in the midst of so much unknown that this was going to change everything about our lives. And just to confirm that, Rose has in the most amazing, challenging, incredible ways Thank you, God. She has changed our lives, and I'm thankful that he knows better than we do. Amen. And I think that we can oftentimes disconnect from the Christmas story because we hear it over and over, and it's in nativity sets and stores and children's books, and it's the cute story that happened a really long time ago, really far away from us, so we just kind of leave it there. And we can sometimes lose sight of the fact that all scripture is God-breathed and it's alive and it happened to real people who were like us to show us what God is like and how he wants to meet us in our everyday lives, which is incredible. So I want you to step into the Christmas story with me 
today, expecting that it applies to your life, expecting God is going to speak to you exactly where you are. And a story that starts off with these two women who, despite being in in two very different situations, find their lives completely changed when for the first time in their lives, they say, I'm pregnant. And we have Mary, who's a virgin girl engaged to be married. I can't think of a more impossible environment for a pregnancy or a more inopportune time for a pregnancy. It's impossible because she's a virgin and that's really not how it happens. And it's inopportune because she's about to be married and this gives her fiance every right to leave her. And I, I can just feel the tension in that situation. And then we have Elizabeth. She's an old barren woman, which means she's been wanting, waiting, desiring a child for years, probably decades, unable to have one. And it's impossible for her because she's well past her childbearing years in the natural. And it's inopportune because, well, she's old and um, how is she supposed to raise a child in her stage of life? And there's so much to focus on in the Christmas season, and there's so much that we could focus on in this Christmas story. But the reason that we've titled this series, I'm Pregnant, is because our prayer is that if there's just one thing that we could all meditate on in this Christmas season, just one thing we could believe in and grab onto is the truth that God births the impossible in and through us. And as the people of God, we are pregnant and carry the things of God. We carry his kingdom on earth and we want to celebrate this season that our God is the God of the impossible. It's who he is. And he has given us his spirit to dwell inside of us so that we might carry the amazing things of God every single place that we go and in every situation that comes up. I just want to give you just a few things um, that we can experience of his kingdom. And, and it's his joy, which is our strength. His peace that surpasses all understanding and calms raging storms. His power that raised Jesus from the dead. His love, which is patient and kind, and it casts out all fear. His healing, which restores hearts and bodies to wholeness. His truth, which is an anchor for our soul. His authority, that we are his children and can ask anything of him. His goodness and mercy, that in our imperfections, he is still with us. His perspective, that what we see is temporal, but he is eternal and unshaking. And the list really could go on and on. His word is full, absolutely full of his promises for us to carry. And if we don't know how to hear God speak or know what it would mean to carry a promise of God, start reading your Bible. Start spending time every day in his word, asking him questions, praying and learning how to pray. We're all just doing that and he will reveal himself to you. His word will be alive in your heart and we just so desperately need to devote ourselves to him. And today, I deeply desire us to enter this time of year with a sense of awe of what God can do and is going to do in our lives. 
And when we look at what God did in Mary, it's pretty astounding because we find her as a young girl. Scripture just calls her a virgin, but that would probably mean she was just quite young. She wasn't some seasoned and mature woman. She's engaged to be married to Joseph, who was a carpenter in a small town. We learn that Nazareth isn't much on the map a little later in Scripture. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. And when she's supposed to be planning a wedding, supposed to be such an exciting time of life, she gets some pretty life-changing news from an angel. No big deal. Don't know the last time y'all were visited by an angel, but okay, yeah. So she gets this news that she's been chosen by God to carry his long-awaited for son, the Messiah, who is going to save the entire human race. Now that is really big news. And can you just imagine for a second if you were Mary or you were her fiance, Joseph? And of course, her first thought, probably like ours, is how? Um, Angel Gabriel, how's that going to work? That's kind of impossible. And then he reveals to her the how of God's plan, which is to send the Holy Spirit upon her, who she can't really see necessarily, doesn't really know, and she's going to conceive a holy child. And in Matthew's account of this, it says to fulfill what was prophesied about in Isaiah seven fourteen. And I just want to mention here that that answer probably didn't make perfect sense to her. And oftentimes, God's response to us is beyond our understanding. But she could trust it because like Matthew says, it had been spoken about by God that this very thing would happen years ago. A virgin would give birth to the Son of God. And her response, oh, we can learn so much from it because she just says, Behold, I am your servant. And she chose to trust even when it didn't make sense. And she didn't have full understanding of what it would even mean for the Holy Spirit to come upon her. And we can trust him too when we don't understand. And I think that when she said that, she said, I am your servant, let it be done to me, that she was making a faith statement. She didn't know what all was to come. The journey had just begun. This was just the start of it. She had pregnancy. She had raising a child. She had so much, the cross later on, that she didn't know what was to come. But she believed in that moment. And I bet at the same time she was making this faith statement, though, that Mary was feeling a little overwhelmed. And I'm sure that there were lots of times that she felt overwhelmed during her actual pregnancy. There's the initial shock of, I'm pregnant. And then there's the reality of I'm pregnant, of the actual pregnancy, the process of carrying a promise. There's the reality of I'm tired, nauseous, I'm getting bigger, I'm uncomfortable. Any woman out there who's ever been pregnant is amening me because if you didn't know, we are actually climbing mountains. That is happening. And everything changed for Mary when she found out she was pregnant. And I want you to see this morning that we are all Marys. We are all carriers of God's kingdom and his promises. And that changes or should change everything about our lives too. Her whole life became about carrying her baby, preparing herself for it, believing what God had said about her and baby Jesus, that she was favored. 
Her life was no longer oriented around herself. It was oriented around the life of Jesus. And I want to challenge us to not get caught up in distracting things this season, but to orient your life around Jesus. Just Jesus. It is all about him. Everything. He is everything to us, friends. And now, now is the best time. So, so much more to say. And I want to give you three things today that you can glean from this Christmas story. Three things you can hold on to. And the first one is this. It's out of verse 37. It says, for nothing is impossible with God. You have to believe that nothing is impossible with God. It's who he is. It's his very nature because he is over all things. He created all things and he is not limited at all. And we don't and won't always feel like we believe. But if we will just keep praising, if we will keep worshiping, if we will keep standing on his word, then we will begin to find ourselves coming into agreement with that reality of who he is as the most high God. And Mary knew that a lot was against her. It probably sunk in at some point after the angel left when she was all alone that she was going to face people's thoughts and judgments and disbelief but she knew God had spoken so she believed God she believed that she was favored and that this was a gift in the midst of all of the things she would face and she understood he was with her she wasn't fending for herself these next nine months of pregnancy and the months beyond to raise the son of God he was with her the whole time And as I was preparing for this, I just felt that someone needs to hear that God is not calling you to carry anything. He won't be with you every step of the way, pouring into you and carrying you through it. And she knew him to be a God of the impossible. And she would have heard stories of him retold over and over in her family of a God who was in a burning bush, who freed his people from slavery, who sent a pillar of fire and a cloud by day, a God who parted a sea that they might walk on dry land, a God who sent bread from heaven in the desert. And a God who who had done mysterious things and she would have known that about him. So she would have known that when God was giving her this promise to carry the Messiah, that that was the God of the impossible. That was who was giving it to her. The God who is beyond circumstances that we can see. We have to believe that when God speaks, he is faithful to do it. No matter what we face or no matter what other people's opinions are or our own fears of the unknowns ahead believing is a courageous choice that we make daily in the journey but he is always with us he is always with you nothing is impossible with god and the second thing that i want you to write down or remember is that you are made for impossible One thing that Andrew and I learned in our 12-week 
long birthing class. Yes, that is three months. I think Andrew was a little unaware of what he was getting himself into. Um, but the one thing we learned is that my body, a woman's body, was made to carry babies. It was made to give birth, to do everything it would need to bring forth life. I was fully equipped to do that. And I will spare you all the details of the process of our bodies, all the things that they change and adapt to, to have it, but it is amazing. And I will at least just say this, our organs move. I just want that to blow your mind for a second. And as a human, you are made to be touched by the spirit of God. And when God touches you, he puts his kingdom inside of you and you're made to bring it to earth. And the angel Gabriel quotes Isaiah 9 when he says to her that the increase of his government has no end. And that's what we're called to be a part of. An ever-increasing kingdom where God's glory is greater than anything else we face. That is amazing news. And that is what you are meant to carry within you. The kingdom of God, the spirit of the living God is given to all those who are followers of Jesus as a gift and a precious, most powerful gift. We are made for the impossible. And that really does change everything about this life. That truth changes everything about the impossible situations in our lives. It says it means that they aren't going to tank us. They aren't going to overwhelm us because we are made to be partakers of a glorious and victorious kingdom, carrying within our very being the power and life of the resurrected Christ, who could not be any nearer than that. He is in dwelling in us. Wow. Just let that sink into your hearts and your minds this morning. I know that I need that to change my perspective more and more. But like I mentioned earlier, the reality of pregnancy and carrying the impossible is also really difficult. It is not all glory and angels singing hallelujah. Some women in here, you understand, you know, in a lot of days, Carrying the kingdom can feel stretching in every sense of the word. It can feel exhausting and uncomfortable. The nausea of our impossible circumstances can sometimes override the truth that God is God of the impossible and that we are made for the impossible. And I want you to know that I'm preaching to myself this message It isn't far off. This is not a concept to me. This is very tender to me. I not only believe it, I really do, but I am living it and I am clinging so tightly to this truth. Because right now, as a people, as a church, we we have lots of promises from God. I would love to tell you about some time, but we are pregnant with one in particular. And um, that is that we are carrying our precious Cade Freegies full and complete healing. Most of you know, but some of you don't, our dear friends, Chad and Karis, who are pillars of this church, um, they found a 
a cancerous tumor in their four-year-old the week of Thanksgiving. And he's already begun some aggressive treatment to fight this battle. And we, as the church, are declaring, we are believing, we are praying, and we are carrying all hope for full and complete restoration over him. We are carrying his life. We are pregnant with the tangible healing and glory of God over him and our very beings as if he were our own son. (laughs) And that some days is the greatest thing I could possibly imagine carrying truthfully it is an honor to carry and see a miracle happen in his life to see him running and playing with my kids one day cancer free and it's also completely nauseating that we are faced with that kind of diagnosis and we feel the nausea but we don't stay there church We're not going to camp out there because we know the healer. We know the God of the impossible. And we can see God move. I wish I could tell you all the amazing ways that the Freegees have seen God show up. And I personally have never experienced the veil between heaven and earth being so thin. He has been good in the waiting but we are still pregnant with belief and we know we will see God do the impossible. Those feelings come, but they don't change the truth of God. He can't be anything other than who he is, the God of the impossible and the God of miracles. And we stand in that place of belief today. And Mary's life reminds us of that truth. And I know that when we speak about this, this, that there are others of you who are carrying your own places of impossibility. You're carrying restoration and reconciliation with your family. You're carrying hope for a long-wanted child. You are carrying provision in places of need. You are carrying peace for some deep wounds in your marriage. You are carrying healing and restoration for victims of sex trafficking in the nations. You are carrying much needed joy for grief and pain and depression in your past or maybe right now. And whatever you are carrying, whatever you need of the spirit of God, the kingdom of God today, he is ready to show himself to you. God does impossible. And that's the last thing that I want you to remember is God does the impossible. And we don't just come to church with the high and sort of out there knowledge that, yeah, God can do impossible things. I mean, he can. No, you need to hear that he will do impossible through you. You're not disqualified no matter where you are in life, no matter how discouraged you are or how hopeless you feel or how distant you think God is to your present circumstances. God does the impossible this season. And this is the gospel. 
that Jesus came to call us favored ones to come into our world knowing what it was like and give us more than we could ever earn so that his glory would be seen in our lives and that we might live a full life on this earth, not just in heaven, but right now. He is always ready to fill us afresh. He is ready to open our eyes to see what he sees. Mary saw a prophecy fulfilled in her life. She saw the bigger picture. And in Ephesians 1, 17 through 22, I'm going to read it over us because this is my prayer too. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And that's my prayer for us, oh Lord, that we would see the impossible things being worked out in his mighty, powerful hands. That we would see with our hearts true hope that only comes in and through Jesus. And to have our own moments of fulfillment come just like Mary And Mary got to step into God's story at the time God prepared for her. But it was a story that had been in the making, being woven and put together for centuries, since before time. And I wish I had the time to tell you all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and the crazy ways that he did it. But I can't. So please go search your Bible God is doing so much more than we can see with our eyes. And Mary had her part to play. And you have a part to play. And I have a part to play. And we have to lay aside all the distractions and disbelief or whatever it is keeping us from really stepping into the fullness that God has for us. We have to step up and say, I will be pregnant with God's kingdom so that the world around me will experience him. We have to choose to orient our days to be all about Jesus for real. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? That you are made for impossible and that God does the impossible. And what would happen? I just think what amazing things would happen if we believed. We believe that. 
And then we kept believing and we kept believing and we woke up and we kept believing again and we kept seeing Jesus despite the circumstances and kept seeing Jesus and kept seeing Jesus. I am convinced it would be incomprehensible. A room of people, a a, a display of people who are carrying the kingdom of God. Wow. Wow. What would it be? And, and this is the time, usually in our messages, that I want us to respond somehow in our hearts. And I want us to not just hear something, but to, to let it move us to action. And I want all of us this morning to ask God, what are you pregnant with? What are you believing for? And maybe some of you in this room have given up believing for the impossible. You've given up believing for restoration or healing or joy. And you need to ask God how you can carry that again. You need to ask God to open your eyes to see who he is and who you are. Because you have his spirit inside of you. And you need to remember again and choose to press in again, even in the midst of hurt or confusion. And maybe some of you didn't even know that God could use you to carry his kingdom. And you need fresh confidence today that you are a God carrier. You are pregnant with his power and peace everywhere you go. So walk in that. And maybe some of you are in fact carrying things. You are believing. You are praying. You are pressing in. And it's just hard. And you need us to come around you as a family and believe with you and speak encouragement over you so that you can continue on the journey that God has for you. Because good news, pregnancy ends. There's always more to carry, but the things you are carrying, it will come to an end. And we will see God be faithful. So we need to come around you. We want to bring encouragement to you. And maybe some of you in this room, you are in the middle of joy, of a promise that is fulfilled. And we celebrate and rejoice with you this morning that God is good. Thank you, Lord, for that. Wherever you are, God is here. He is with us. His spirit is with us. And he wants us to carry his kingdom. And I thought that it would be appropriate today as, uh, as we close and as we are just trying to be in awe of who God is and remember his words and, and know that he is a God of the impossible and everything that he wants to work out in us, that I pray over us a scripture from the story of, of Jesus raising his friend Lazarus from death that the Phrygian family is so faithfully clinging to. And it says, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And God, we believe you today. We believe that you are who you say you are. And we believe that we will see your glory in our lives. And we're ready to carry your promises. We're ready to press in. And we choose you every single day, every moment. We want to walk with you. We want to be aware of who you are. You are everything to us, God. And would you open our eyes to see what you're doing that we can't see? Would you open our hearts to see your face in every situation? 
situation. Would you open our ears to hear you speaking words to us, God? Let us enter into your joy, which is our strength, which will sustain us through all things. God, we love you, Lord. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope this season. We love you, God. Amen.